Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Patty Black with Bridgeworth Wealth Management. Welcome, Patty. Hey, Gary. I'm thankful to be here today. Great. So, Patty, tell us how you got into you know the financial industry. What was it that kind of spurred you into continuing here? Yeah. So, so Gary, I was in college and I needed an elective class. And I found this introduction to personal finance. And I thought, oh, well, that, that would be a good elective. You know, that, that'll meet the, the requirement to graduate. And that'll also be good information for me as I graduate from college. And I got into it and realized, wow, I can do this for a living. Like, I really enjoyed it. Felt it was very helpful for me personally. And then was so excited to hear that I could help people do this kind of work and answer questions they may have for a living. Right. So, you know, obviously when you first got out of college, you didn't go straight to, to Bridgeworth. Um, where did you get your start at? Yeah, so um, when I graduated with a degree in um, consumer sciences with a concentration in personal financial planning. And so I was lucky enough to get a job right after graduation um, as a paraplanner. So in our industry, that was one of the entry level positions. So I learned from the ground up at another firm uh, here in Birmingham, Alabama, where I practice and stayed at that firm for a number of years um, prior to it being acquired by a larger organization. And when that event occurred, I was looking around trying to find, you know, where, where my new home should be. And uh, that was about four years ago. I found Bridgeworth and have been here ever since. Oh, that's great. Um, so um, tell us what, you know, what is it that, that gets Patty excited every morning before she comes in the office about, you know, personal finance and, and helping people? Yeah, you know, Gary, I like learning new things. So I like learning things for my benefit and being able to share those with clients. So I, I really enjoy, um, you know, just learning and sharing that and passing that along to others. And I really value the, the great feedback I get from clients about what a difference talking about their personal financial situation, answering their questions, um, what a difference that makes. You know, it's so rewarding to me to hear, gosh, I have more peace of mind now that I have 
you know, begun working with you about my financial future. I have more clarity about what I need to be doing, steps I need to be taking. That's very rewarding for me. That's great. So um, what are some of the, the big mistakes that people, that you see people making when it comes to personal finances before they come, come to you? Yeah, so Gary, this is probably going to be the most boring answer that I can give, <laughs> but it, it is it is so true, and that is people not knowing what it takes for them to live, not tracking what their spending is. Um, it is really difficult to do any kind of long-term projections to figure out, do you have enough, you know, or do you have enough to retire if we don't know, well, what what kind of standard of living? How much is it going to take for you each year? Most people have a pretty good idea of the regular recurring expenses. So they can probably tell me, you know, here's what our utility bills are. Here's what our homeowner's insurance premium is. Here's the real estate taxes. But where they often get tripped up is what do we pay? You know, what's a good average number to use for home maintenance and repairs? You know, I don't know about your house, Gary, but at mine, you know, those aren't expenses that typically happen every year, but at least every couple of years, there's probably going to be some, some bigger money that's spent, you know, or maybe they don't have a good idea of what is it, what are they spending on gifts for family members and for friends? You know, it's easy to forget about the wedding gifts and the baby shower gifts and only to think back to, well, I know in December I spent a lot of money on Christmas gifts. So, so it is really not fun to think about tracking expenses, but really such an important piece of the work that we do. Yeah, you know, you you didn't use the word, but that that B word budget. Um, yeah, I go through that with people all the time. It's like, okay, well, you know, when they ask me for their business, how much should I be taking in, in payroll? It's like, well, how much do you need to take in payroll? Right. How much do you need at home? And and talk to them about their you know their budget and you'll be amazed the number of people that even have a business that don't have a budget and don't operate off of that. Yeah. And I always try to tell them, it's like, you know, how can you, you know, if something goes wrong, how do you know how much you need to have? Um, a lot of them are like, well, how much should I have in, in savings? It's mm -hmm. like, well, you need to tell me how much, you know, you need. And, you know, there's different, different, um, People think about different amounts that you yes. see, how many months and so forth. But, you know, that's something that, that I think is really important for people to be able to, to do that planning. It is, Gary. And, and, you know, part of the joy of my business, and I'm sure of yours as well, is everybody's different. Mm -hmm. So there's no uh, one-size-fits-all answer when it comes to you know, all right, well, here's how much you need to have set aside in savings. Because one person, you know, there may be two people with very similar income, but with very different lifestyles, you know, and so that the answer for one could be a much higher number and a, a lower number for the other. Right. And, and, and especially also, depending on what type of, uh, you know, retirement account that they may have through their employer, um, lots of times makes a, makes a big difference. And, and, you know, working for, you know, a government agency or someone that, that is paying for your health benefits and you'll yes. have them in retirement versus not. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a lot of considerations to, to take when, when you're looking there. So what are some of the questions that um, as clients are coming in to see you that you wish that they were asking you, but they don't? Yeah, so, you know, one of the questions that surprises me that doesn't get off, asked very often is, 
well, Patty, what happens if you get hit by the bus? You know, then what's my relationship with Bridgeworth Wealth Management? You know, and that's a big issue, right? If I could be hit by the bus at some point, I'm going to retire, right? right? And so, you know, and I have a great answer for that. We've got a team approach here within our office. So we've got other advisors um, who get to know my clients. I get to know their clients. So we may not have the same depth of relationship, but at least there's some sort of relationship. Um, we also have great tools and procedures in place to document the work that we're doing so that if, God forbid, I got hit by that proverbial bus, you know, there is information that's stored in our system so that someone could come in and at least know the facts. Maybe they don't know the personality um, and don't know all of the family members and players involved, but they at least have the facts of the situation. So, you know, I think that's a really important question to ask is, you know, what, what is that succession plan? What happens, you know, if the worst comes to pass? Yeah, and, and I think people should be asking every professional that they have in the, on their team, they need to be asking, asking that question because it yeah. is true, you know, something may happen at some point in time and you need, need, need to know what the fallback plan is. Yeah. Um, so your clients that are, that are coming in, or maybe even some of the clients that you've started working with now recently, what are some of the biggest fears that they have and how do you help them overcome those fears? Yeah. So Gary, I'll say COVID has created a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, I think back to last March and how quickly the stock market declined, you know, in the fear and the panic that were in so many of my clients, you know, and, and what we, what I did in that situation and what I will do in the next crisis, whatever that may be, you know, is to educate and to be an objective partner, um, to give them information about their personal situation to say, here's where you are now, here's some steps specific to your situation that you can be taking right now, you know, or maybe you don't need to do anything. Maybe everything is, is still okay. I can, tell, I can tell that information to the client as well. Um, so just being that objective source of information, you know, helping them to stay accountable to the goals that they've already said are important. Um, people really, after the fact, say that was very helpful and they really appreciate that. Right. Now, you know, price always seems to be an issue with, with everybody. Um, not, I shouldn't say a problem, but lots of times, you know, I know when, when people come in to me, uh, the first question isn't, you know, how are you getting paid? You know, uh, and then, you know, when I first started out, it, you know, we got down the road and then I'm like, okay, here's my bill. And, and at that point, then, then you seem to have issues. I mean, how do you overcome that type of a situation? Yeah, so in regard to the price, I think it's so important, you know, I, I'm a fiduciary, so that means when I work with clients, I have to make sure that their interests are held before my own, which sadly in my industry, not everybody holds to that fiduciary standard. So pricing, it's very important to be transparent. You know, here are the ways that the fees that we charge, you know, and here's how those fees are calculated. Um, and I actually met with a woman about two weeks ago where we were talking about her situation. And I, I just said, again, from a fiduciary standpoint, it doesn't make sense for you to pay the fee, but here's what we can do. You know, here's, you know, based on what you're telling me, here are a couple of steps 
that you can take that will really benefit your situation right now. So being transparent about the fee so that there aren't questions or concerns about it after the fact, you know, and then if it's not appropriate for them to pay that fee, helping them, you know, it, it, at least get started on the right path. Right. Now, what are some things, I mean, give us one thing that, um, you know, now you've been doing this for, for a number of years. Yeah. What's the one thing that you wish you knew then that you know now? Yeah, so Gary, I'll say personal finance is maybe more personal than it is finance. <laughs> you know, you're, you're blending um, income and expenses and investment accounts, which are all numbers based with people's goals and with their values. Uh, so that, that makes a difference. You know, if it were just about the numbers, it'd probably be a lot easier. I, I'm, I'm betting you have that same experience oh, yeah. as well. Um, what are some common mistakes that you see people make when it comes to personal finance? Yeah, you know, one of them is both spouses not having a relationship with a financial advisor. Um, oftentimes in a couple, there is one person who is the family's chief financial officer right. who knows more about the details and has kind of the, you know, here's what we're doing and why. Um, but I encourage both spouses, regardless of whether one, one has assumed that role, to participate in meetings, to have a relationship with a financial advisor, because just as I could hit, be hit by the proverbial bus, well, so could the family CFO. Right. So it's very important that the spouse who maybe isn't is involved in the planning and in the details, at least has a big picture understanding of well, where are we going, why are we doing this, and has a relationship with someone that he or she is has confidence in and feels like is a trustworthy um, partner in their finances. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that's really important. I can't tell you the number of times that I'm dealing with, you know, the, the, the non-chief financial officer yes. spouse after the other one has passed away and just trying to help them put the pieces together because there's so many times that, um, and you know, we talked about this a little bit before, about not having your team work together, being right. you know, your CPA, your financial advisor, your estate planner, uh, or just your personal attorney, um, talking uh, and making sure that everything is there. So when something does happen to one of the, one of the spouses, mm -hmm. that you, know, you already have your roadmap to be able yeah. to know, okay, here, these are the things that we need to take care of. Um, and, and so many times it ends up being, you know, the, the spouse that's been responsible for everything is the one that passes away first. Yeah. And then there's so much uh, to make up for later on. And, and um, people tend to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say panic, but they panic and, and they get paralyzed by it because mm -hmm. they're, they're not sure what to do. Yes. Well, and it's, I have such empathy because that is such a time of, you know, if someone has died or, or maybe suffered a serious injury, and that is such a time of grief. And it is very hard to think clearly when you're grieving. And that is not the time you want to be going out and finding a new advisor. You know, you right. want someone that you've already got a relationship with, a, a trusted partner already in place, rather than having to go out and interview and find a find someone then in, in the middle of a crisis. Right. So kind of piggybacking off of that. So why is it important to have, have a professional like you uh, there to help someone? 
Yeah. So, you know, Gary, I think part of the value that I bring is asking, you know, maybe uncomfortable questions and, and making sure um, that both spouses, you know, everybody's got a different perspective, perhaps on, on retirement and what that's going to look like, but getting those perspectives out into the open, getting them on the table, um, thinking, you know, having uncomfortable conversations maybe about retirement and what that's going to look like and also, you know, goals at the end of life, you know, what does the estate plan need to look like, you know, how should wills and trusts be established, um, you know, maybe even talking about, you know, how do we care for aging parents, you know, if that's something that adult children may need to include in their financial plan, how do, how do they have those conversations. Um, so someone who is knowledgeable about the technical side, but also willing to ask, you know, perhaps some questions that, that aren't as fun to talk about, but are, are really important. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, inevitably people who, you know, never want to talk about, you know, death and the end of their life, but it is so important. And there's so much, at least I know from, from a tax planning standpoint, mm -hmm. there is so much, so many advantages to talk about it and make sure that you do plan for it. So then that way, you know, the hard earned money that you've had, that you've saved up over the years that you want to leave to your, to your kids and grandkids and stuff like that. It's not being taken by uncle Sam and taxes right. because you didn't do the pro proper planning. So yes. You know, yes. And, and perhaps looking at opportunities, you know, depending on the financial situation, maybe there's an opportunity to share some of that inheritance during lifetime, you yep. know, by making some annual gifts and, and getting to see, uh, you know, th those gifts being used wisely by adult children or grandchildren, you know, and perhaps it's giving some money to charity at death or ordering lifetime, you know, making those decisions within the context of what's important to you, what are your values, you know, and, and then what's the impact on your financial future? Right. You know, talking about giving some of the, the annual gifts and giving to charity, um, I know lots of times that, that, you know, when I talk to the clients and let them know that, hey, you know, you're, you're starting to draw on your, your, you know, IRAs and retirement, so your RMDs, you know, did you know that you could, um, you know, do a charitable uh, distribution from yeah. there and not be taxed on the money and not show up on your tax yeah. return? And because, you know, you're claiming a standard deduction, you kind of get the best of, best yeah. of both worlds with this. Um, and a lot of people don't know that, and, yeah. and this comes from just not being educated about it, but this is where someone like you and me need to yeah. talk to be able to help the client. You know, me from, I get to see on the tax return, hey, they're giving 10 grand a year yeah. to, to charity, and most of it's to their church. You know, you know, how do you feel about, you know, mm -hmm. the qualified charitable distributions and so forth. So um, I think that's even more reason why we need to work together as a team. Yes. I, and, and then I would bring in the estate attorney on the will side, you know, beneficiary designations are such an important part of the estate plan. Right. And just piggybacking off your idea of using those qualified charitable distributions during lifetime, you know, it may be beneficial if, if a client wants to leave some money to charity at death 
to use a retirement account to get some money to charity because the charity doesn't have to pay income taxes. Whereas if you're leaving that money, if it's a you know traditional IRA or 401k that you're leaving to children or grandchildren, they are going to pay income taxes when they take those distributions. Right. So you're, you're right. Just having that partnership between the financial advisor, the accountant, the estate planning attorney, so that we, we all have individual roles to play, but, but, you know, partnering together to have those bigger picture discussions about what's in the client's best interest. How do, how do we do this work in a very tax efficient manner? Right. And I, I think that's always the, the, the bottom line is, you know, you've worked hard to get this money. You've been taxed mm-hmm. on it. Let's not get taxed on it again. And, and yeah. how can we keep as much as possible? In your lifetime with working with people with, you know, um, personal finance, what is the one piece of, um, you know, um, I guess, best wisdom that a client has given to you or that you've learned in dealing with with all the different clients from, you know, all different walks of life? Gosh, there's a book that I really like called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he has a line in there. He has a number of just very, such great wisdom and advice. And one of them is habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. You know, so that reminder, if you can start, even if you start small, you know, early on, you and I, Gary, both know the benefit of, you know, starting early in life with saving and investing. And we've seen the benefits for clients down the road who've done that. You know, so that reminder of, you know, maybe you can't maximize your retirement account this year, but could you increase it by 1% or by 2% and then put a note on your calendar to come back and revisit that in another six months to say, can I bump it up another 1% or 2%? Because most of us aren't going to miss an extra 1% or 2%, but if you could right. get in the habit of, you know, just making that incremental change, I think, I don't think, I know that makes a, a big difference over the long run. Yeah, I always try to, you know, again, like you said, starting early. I always like, you know, getting with the, you know, the young taxpayers when they first start working mm-hmm. to get them to start putting the money away then. Yeah. Uh, because you don't see it. And then every time you get a raise, okay, you're taking a piece of that raise and putting more of that away in yeah. savings. And it may not always be a retirement account, it just may be an outside savings account. Yeah. Um, or investment just to, to be able to, you know, just if not anything, the simple compounding of interest is going to make yep. a big difference for them. It, it does. I also love this idea of the 50-50 rule, which means that when someone gets a bonus, um, that you can use 50% of that money to go and have some fun. You know, maybe you use it to go on vacation or to buy some furniture. You can use it to have some fun, but you can acquire a new payment meaning you don't need to use it to go buy a car because then you're going to, you might have a car payment and then additional car insurance and car taxes, you know, use it to go have some fun, but just don't acquire a new payment with it and then commit to saving the other 50%. Um, So that's been a, you know, a good tool to give to clients as well. That's great. Great uh, wisdom there. You know, we we seem to be somewhat on the tail end of COVID at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the biggest challenge that you're facing in your business right now? Yeah, you know, I would say one of the, the big challenges, I, I lead our firm's internal training for younger employees. So we, we call it Bridgeworth University. So most of our young employees have graduated with a degree 
you know, either in personal financial planning or in finance. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot to learn even after you've graduated from college and even after you've gotten a professional designation like the CPA in your world or the certified financial planner designation in mine. You know, so leading that, that group internally, thinking through, you know, what are the topics that are going to be most meaningful, most needed for those younger advisors who don't have quite as much experience, you know, and thinking through how we do that training well. Um, so, for example, we've, we've done some things like reading and discussing the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, and then we're also bringing in some more, some advisors who work internally within Bridgeworth who were more experienced more experienced to share about their successes and their failures along the way, you know, trying to say, all right, you know, maybe I can save you from a mistake I made by sharing my story, or maybe I can help you with a win by sharing how I had, you know, some success earlier. Right, right. So we've covered a lot of material in a short period of time. Um, what question have I not asked you that you wish I had? Yeah, you know, so I love to read. I mentioned that um, I, I like learning new things and that's really enjoyable for me. And so just, you know, as far as books that I would recommend to people who want to, to learn more about personal finance, um, you know, one that I recommend to younger people is Ramit Sete's book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Yeah, it's filled with just great practical advice um, that someone who is just starting out in their career um, can take and implement. So I, I refer that book often to the children of clients or sometimes even grandchildren of clients to use and um, to implement. And then an oldie but goodie book is um, The Millionaire Next Door. I don't know if you read that years ago, yeah. but, but so much of what I read from it, you know, I still, you know, hold in my heart and in my head. Um, so those are some great, great books on personal finance. And then I mentioned the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. You know, that's just a, an all around book that's helpful, whether it comes to personal finance or your physical health or um, just how you manage your day-to-day -day workload. Lots of great information in there. That's great. That's great. So Patty, uh, if our listeners um, have heard what they like uh, with you and they would like to discuss things uh, further with you. How can they reach out and talk to you? Yeah, so I, you can find me on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, I'm Patty Black CFP. And then I'm also on Twitter at Patty B Black. And Patty is with an I, P-A-T-T-I. So I'd really like to, to thank you for your time today. Um, our guest has been Patty Black with Bridgeworth Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. So good to be with you today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.